0: Welcome to episode 58 of Shimmy Cast, the podcast for dancers and fans of Middle Eastern dance. I'm your host, Anal Rabari. Well, I have missed you guys. Uh, let me tell you what's been going on. Uh, I was actually planning on getting a new show out last weekend, but it was my birthday, and my troupe was performing at an international festival, so that didn't leave much time. Um, Also, I wanted to tell you guys about my trip to the American Association of Museums meeting. Um, It was held in Denver, Colorado at the end of April. And my museum won an award for our first video podcast episode, which I produced. Um, It was very exciting, and I'm still very excited about it because we're a small regional museum in Arkansas, (laughs) of course. And we came in third in the podcast category And um, first place was the National Gallery, and second place was the Smithsonian. And then the third place was my museum here in Northwest Arkansas. So that was just crazy, mind-blowing excitement. And um, my museum just joined the Beyond Campus section of the iTunes U department in the iTunes Music Store, and we're the first history museum to join the Beyond Campus section. So, um, And I was in charge of spearheading that project and spent about a solid month doing nothing but planning for that project and everything. So um, it took up a lot of my time, too, um, basically the entire month of May. That's what I was doing at work, uh, which is another reason why I didn't get another show out sooner. Um, Although I did get that video episode together for you guys. Um, anyway, in future episodes, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about my trip to Denver and about the Middle Eastern restaurant I went to and the great dancer that performed there. And, um, like I said, all that will be in some episodes in the near future. Um, and also what's going on in my private life, I'm getting ready to start teaching private lessons from my home, mostly because I need more money to help support my dance habit. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> uh, although, uh, it's for a very specific cause. I'm trying very hard to save up money to attend the Third Coast Tribal next January. So, um, you guys keep your fingers crossed for me that this new endeavor goes well and that I'll be able to go to Third Coast Tribal because that will also mean I'll be able to interview a lot more dancers for you guys. So, that'll be a lot of fun. And speaking of interviews, this week I have a new interview. I went to a workshop in Buffalo, Missouri. Had a great time, awesome time. This is the second year they've done workshops there. And I was able to interview the instructor, uh, Naima. And um, then for the rest of this week's show, we have the event announcements. Lots of events going on. Oh my gosh, if you guys aren't getting to a belly dance event... You have no excuses because let me tell you they are happening. Um, we have the feedback session section. We have the feedback section, and we have a review of the CD Essential Belly Dance. This is a Nina and Vina CD, and we also have a review of um, Nina and Vina's Arms, Abs, Hips, Buns, and Thighs DVD. Uh, this week's music is from Ishwish and karandero So let's get started. We're jumping right into the ShimmyCast news because uh, we don't have any answers to the questions of the week, (laughs) but we do have lots and lots of news. So, June 15th through August 31st, the Billy Dance Superstars will be having various workshops and shows in the UK, Maryland, New York, Minnesota, California, British Columbia, Quebec, Alberta, Taiwan, Virginia, and Illinois. And I think they also have a cruise or something going on. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. June 20th through the 22nd, Tribal Revolution in Chicago, Illinois. June 21st through the 22nd. Shana and Tiger's Eye Collective presents a Midsummer Night's Dream featuring Ava Fleming in Atlanta, Georgia. June 27th, Gypsy Fire will be performing at the Rivers Edge Bistro and Cafe in Tulsa, Oklahoma. June 28th, the Athena Studio of World Dance presents the fifth annual Billy Dance Seminar featuring Magdalene Sierra, Della, and Shelley Bracken Prince in Lincoln, Nebraska. July 12th, Latifah's Second Saturday Workshop, Drum Solo Combinations, in Millersville, Maryland. July 13th, Amani Jabril presents Belly Grooves with Linda of Nashville, Afternoon Workshop and Evening Show in Atlanta, Georgia. July 18th through 19th, the annual Shimmy Fest Workshop featuring Aradia of Las Vegas in Fayetteville, Arkansas. July 19th, Bedouin Star Bazaar and World Dance Day in Bellevue, Nebraska. July 19th, Judy Cunningham proudly presents Irish Slam in Sedalia, Missouri. July 19th through the 20th, Princess Farhana and workshops and shows at Summertime Sideshow Circus in Golden, Colorado. July 19th through 20th, Mirage Trio presents Ali from. Nomadic tribal in workshop. Four hours of instruction each day from Ollie, who learned from and performed with Fat Chance Belly Dance. This is in Westminster, Maryland. July 25th, Gypsy Fire will perform. <laughs> Gypsy Fire will perform at the River's Edge Bistro and Cafe in Tulsa, Oklahoma. July 26th through 27th, Fat Chance Belly Dance workshop and show with Carolina at Tribal Rendezvous in. Idlewild, California. July 31st through August 3rd, Little Egypt presents Ahlan Cairo Nights and the Queen of Rocksharky Competition in Dallas, Texas. August 2nd through 3rd, Baltimore, Belly Palooza with Artemis, Lotus Najera, Milana, Piper and Rhea, Dins, Nama, Gerson, Sidki, Costina, and Lisa Zahaya in Baltimore, Maryland. August second through fourth, Tribal Pura Workshop and Show in Finland. August ninth through tenth, Ruby's Sakura Belly Dancers presents Saidi in workshops and show in Winston Salem, North Carolina. August tenth through sixteenth summer at Shambalaya, dancing from the Inside Out Oriental Dance Retreat with Sharina Ilsof, Shambhalaya Ranch, North, Northern California. August 11th through 13th, Fat Chance Workshop in Highland, California. August 14th through 15th, Fat Chance ATS Teacher Training in Highland, California. August 14th through 17th, Yahala Yah, a Gathering of Stars in Grapevine, Texas. August 15th through 17th, Southern Fusion Feast 08. Three days of shows, shopping, and workshops with Tamalindala, Mariah Chapel, Marty Love, Zafara Dance Company, Gina, and more in Athens, Georgia. August 18th through the 24th. Moon over Morocco. Seven belly dance camp. And concert in Santa Barbara, California. August 22nd through the 25th. Joanna and Mary Bellies presents Lila, Giovanna, and Roland in workshops and Saturday evening show Rheingold, Georgia, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. August 23rd through 24th, Cassandra Alwarda and the Wind and Sand Dance Company present Saidi in workshops and show Cleveland, Ohio. August 29th, Gypsy Fire will perform at the River's Edge Bistro and Cafe in Tulsa, Oklahoma. August 29th through the 31st, Fat Chance Workshop in Katambu, Australia. September 13th, Judy Cunningham presents, presents the 21st Annual Belly Dancers Workshop Bazaar and Hofla. Instructors including Shikani, Ashaya, and Najida in Sedalia, Missouri. September 26th, Gypsy Fire will perform at the River's Edge Bistro and Cafe in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. This week's first review is Vina and Nina Presents Arms, Abs, Hips, Buns, and Thighs Reviewed by Alexa Sema This DVD is the Belly Dance for Fitness series produced by Natural Journeys. It combines the video Arms and Abs and the video Hip, Buns, and Thighs into one DVD. If you are looking for good strength training videos, these may work for you. These two workouts can be played separately or together. These workouts were created to strengthen the body and improve dance posture. Production elements were professional, with movements and voiceover very clear. Special features on the DVD include an interactive article on the physical, mental, and sensual benefits of belly dance, and five performances, including veil cane and sword dancing. Personally, I was a bit disappointed in this DVD. The belly dance part of the video seems to be just seems to just be a flashy gimmick to get people to buy a video that is closer to a traditional fitness program. Although some dance movements are used in this workout, it primarily uses strength training, fitness, and stretching movements. It would have been nice to see one of the twins doing a modified version of the workout for people with less flexibility. Movements included in the lower body workout are head circles, Cleopatra Position, Hip Squeeze, Genie Stretch, Hip Circles, Crescent Hips, Hip Drops, Lifts, and Bumps, and the Choo Choo Shimming. Movements included in the Upper Body Workout include Snake Arms and Variations, Arm Sways, Shoulder Rolls, Wrist Circles, Chest Circles, Hip Twists, Pelvic Tucks, and Various Arm Positions. If your local dance retailer doesn't carry this item, you can purchase this video directly from Bellytwins.com or naturaljourneys.com. Most DVD retailers carry this title. It is also available for rent on Netflix and Blockbuster. Thank you so much for that review, Alexel. And that brings us to this week's first song, which is Flight from the album Remember by Ishwish, which you can find at magnitune.com. This week's second review is of the CD Essential Belly Dance by Nina and Vina, and it is rebu- reviewed by Nala Rabari. This compu- this compilation CD contains 19 songs and comes in at under an hour and a half of time of playtime. Most of the songs are around five minutes or less, with one full routine track being close to nine minutes. Artists include some of the most well-known belly dance artists around, such as the Upper Egyptian Ensemble, the Muhammad Ali Ensemble, and the Sultan el-Tarab Orchestra. The songs included cover traditional and contemporary styles from Egyptian, Lebanese, Greek, Persian, Armenian, Turkish, and Iraqi cultures. A wide variety of traditional rhythms and instruments are explored, including shiftatelli, balladie, drum solos, the oud, the neigh, and the knung. I like this CD for its simple straightforwardness. There's a good mix of tempos, rhythms, and styles. The lengths of the songs are good for most American audiences and can be nicely combined together to create longer, cohesive routines if needed. I also like the way translations for the song titles are included, as well as very short background information on the song. Like if it's a traditional cane dance, a wedding dance, or a folk dance. Although I'm not sure I would have classified the one Tribal Fusion piece as Tribal Fusion. I just wish they had included more information on the artists themselves. I think this would be a solid CD for those looking for traditional music or contemporary slants on more traditional music. I also think this CD would be a good introduction to Philly dance music for those new to this music form and this dance form. So, um, recently I got an email that reads, Hi, Anala. I have been subscribed to your great podcast for quite a while now, but I'm just finally getting the chance to drop you along. I really enjoyed your latest interviews and look forward to reviews on DVDs since that is the only exposure to belly dance that I get. I stay home to look after my brood of children, but I try to do at least one belly dance workout DVD per day. It really keeps me in shape and gives me hope of becoming a dancer someday. I wanted to ask some questions. One, what other exercises or activities do belly dancers find are compatible with their belly dance? What does not seem compatible? Makes them too stiff, works the wrong muscle groups, or whatever. And number two, do belly dancers find weightlifting necessary for their training, or do they get enough muscle tone from their dancing? I'm wondering if I should do hand weights or just use that time and energy to do more belly dance DVDs. I hope you do more video podcasts sometime, but I like all the podcasts, so keep up the good work. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And, um, I believe she is in, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. And, um, I, I did, uh, respond to her email personally and I'll share my answer with you guys. But I also want to encourage you to either write into the show or, um, post on the forum boards some of your own responses to her questions. Um, cause I think it'll really help her, to not just have one dancer's perspective on these things. Um, First, I would love to do more video episodes. Um, They're kind of hard for us to produce, though, because we don't actually have a video camera. We've been using the video recording feature on our digital still camera, so we only have enough filming time for what will fit on the memory card. (laughs) So we record, and then we dump the footage onto the computer and clear the card off, and then we record again. And um, it it can be daunting. (laughs) Just the recording process, doing it like that, can be daunting. And and that doesn't even cover the editing process, (laughs) which can be interesting as well. Um, And I also want to say publicly to Anne-Marie, I admire her for... Trying to stay involved with belly dance, even though DVDs are her only exposure, because I I know that it's that way for a lot of you guys out there who've emailed me in, and I I know it can be so hard just having DVDs because you don't have an actual teacher to ask questions of, and you only get to see it from one angle. And You can't ask them to, like, can you turn to the right or to the left or whatever. So all of you guys who are out there just making your way along with DVDs, I admire you so much. Your Your dedication and everything. And I also want to say to you guys, and this is just in general, I don't know how many of you out there how you get your DVDs, but I would really suggest um, thinking about signing up with either Netflix or Blockbuster. Um, I have a Netflix account myself, and I think some of the other um, writers and people who send in reviews. Use Netflix or Blockbuster. And it has saved me a lot of money. (laughs) Because I'll rent something that I'm thinking about buying. And then I'll think, well, I'll I'll wait and get it from Netflix and check it out. And um, then I check it out and I realize that it is just not what I thought it would be. And it's not what I wanted. (laughs) Or the production quality is just so bad. (laughs) And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I saved the money and just rented it from Netflix once. So I'll answer her actual questions now. Um number one, what other exercises or activities do belly dancers find as compatible with their belly dance? Personally I think any kind of dance helps because I think it helps you learn how to be comfortable with how to move your body. I'm you know, I'm taking ballroom, and I've taken ballroom in the past, and I've also taken Native American dancing in the past. And I find that both of them really help me be more comfortable with just how to move my body in different ways. And particularly, the, I'm I think the ballroom is helping me a lot more with my spins than any of the belly dance classes I've ever taken before. And I know other dancers have said that they think um, ballet really helps with cabaret style and yoga helps with tribal style. Um, And I know other dancers feel that martial arts help them. Um, And I know a lot of dancers like to take martial arts sword classes because they feel it gives them better control of how to move a sword and how to learn to um, be aggressive with their sword movements and really be solidly in control of it Um, and i also know a lot of dancers who do pilates i don't do pilates myself because i like yoga better and i do do yoga um in principle i don't think pilates would work the body in any wrong way um I just personally have trouble doing the pilates because of my arthritis. And so that and and that I think is probably ultimately the biggest factor with any of this stuff. You have to figure out what's going to be good for your own body. And you have to figure out what you're going to enjoy because if it feels good for your body and if you're enjoying it, then you'll stick to it. Um and then the second question, do belly dancers find weightlifting necessary for their training, or do they get enough muscle tone from their dancing? Um, I do know a lot of dancers who do weightlifting. I personally don't do it because I get bored out of my mind. <laughs> and, I, again, I admire people who have the discipline who can just go in and, and do that kind of thing um, for me, I find it as torturous as aerobics. Which, if you guys do aerobics, that's fantastic. I again, I I just I can't do aerobics because to me, there's I, it, it's just not the same as dancing and the expression and the creativity you get with dancing. And I think that's the the thing with me is I have to feel like I'm being creative when I exercise. Um, but most of the dancers who I do know who weightlift? they do a lot of reps with light weights because they don't want to bulk up like a bodybuilder. Um, and I also know a number of dancers um, who don't do weightlifting because um or who do weightlifting because they feel it helps them have stronger arms for better veil routines or sword routines or other prop routines where they have to move a prop around. However, I know a lot of other dancers who say they practice veil work so they don't have to do weightlifting. <laughs> And um, I will also say that I have seen one of the Nina and Vina DVDs, and I can't remember which one it is, but it has them incorporating light weights into their belly dance workout. So if that's something you guys are interested in pursuing, that might be a good way for you to see some examples of how to incorporate weights into your belly dance workout. And Of course, if you listen to tribal dancers talk about their costumes and watch a lot of the tribal dancers, um, you find out that they wear about two to two and a half pounds of bracelets on each arm. So um, I, I would think they're either weightlifting to learn how to control that much weight on their arm, or they're just practicing all the time with their bracelets on to help them get that arm strength um but like i said even with that i think the most important thing is to know your body and find things that you'll enjoy so and i i hope that helps you Marie. and again i'd really like to encourage all of you other listeners out there to either email me um your thoughts on these things or post on the forum board So we can get a little discussion and get a lot of people's opinions. And um, then I wanted to remind you guys that probably sometime in September, I will be traveling to the D.C. area. And I would love to meet some dancers while I'm there, so feel free to drop me a line if you're in the area. And uh, maybe we can get together sometime and hang out. It'll be fun. And if you have any other questions, comments, or feedback, you can email to shimmycast at Post on the forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. Um, feel free to vote for us, Podcast Alley, Podcast Pickle, leave reviews on iTunes. Um, and, oh yeah, don't forget the frapper map. So this week instead of an article, I have another review and um, this week's review is from Naima and she's from Springfield, Missouri and she taught the workshop in Buffalo, Missouri that I took and I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, your dance name and where you're from and how long you've been dancing.
1: My name is Naima. I live in Springfield, Missouri and I've been dancing since 2000, so eight years. And are you strictly cabaret, or do you do fusion, or...? Um, I'm mostly cabaret, like American cabaret, just kind of pick and choose what I want. I have um, danced, had the opportunity to dance with uh, ATS troupe, and I had a couple chances to do some fusion, but I I tend to lean toward cabaret, primarily.
0: And are you with a troupe, or are you on your own?
1: Currently, I am by myself, because I work two jobs now, so... (laughs) I haven't uh, been able to dance with a troupe or a studio or take classes. I'm doing nothing, except right now. <laughs> so. Just right now when you're teaching a workshop. <laughs> exactly. I do still do the quarterly Greek night at Galloway Station in Springfield, Missouri um, with other dancers. I've danced with ballet uh, and I've danced with Sadia both uh, at those, and they do those every th- three to four months. So i am still, still got my foot in the door, just not as often as I'd like. Yeah. How did you get into teaching? Uh somebody said, Hey, show me that. <laughs> I prefer not to teach unless specifically, you know, asked. Um, because I am kinda tongue tied a lot of the time, so uh not a great teacher but I I'll sit down and, and write up some notes and, and help explain things best I can. So teaching is just kind of friend to friend exchange and like today, um the workshop today was trying just to get local teachers or local dancers in to, to share. So That's kind of how this one came about. How did you originally get into
0: belly dance?
1: I saw the movie, um, shoot, I just blanked it out, Kama Sutra, A Tale of Love. And uh, my husband doesn't like it, but I saw it, and it doesn't have any belly dance in it. It has um, like classical Indian dance, and I... They only show it for like five little seconds, but I got online and started researching it. And if you put in dance in general or any kind of Middle Eastern or Indian dance, belly dance pops up over and over and over. And I found uh, Shira.net, which is like the mother of all information, and found uh, through her listings of local teachers, I found Yasmin in Springfield and got a hold of her and started taking classes, and the rest is history. What's your favorite move? Mm, That's a tough one. I actually like to make faces. (laughs) When I'm nervous or uh, I see friends and want to let them know that thanks for coming. I see you in the audience. Thank you so much for being there supportive. Um, I like to wave. I like to smile real big and I know that's not really a move but it kind of breaks up the monotony. Uh, I do have some things I fall back. Figure eights. Any kind of figure eight is like the catch-all move. Doesn't matter which direction or side, you can pretty much fall back on that. So that's probably my favorite as well.
0: What props do you like to work with? None of them.
1: (laughs) I'm really... They look great, and dancers who can dance with them, they're fabulous. But I'm kind of clumsy with the props. Uh, (laughs) I've danced with a sword, and I'm not too bad but it's really kind of stressful and serious yeah. and so i'm like i'm not having fun anymore <laughs> uh... veil i'm just a big klutz with the veil it's great standing still and then as soon as i move i'm stuck in it and i know you're supposed to practice and um, but yeah i give up too early on on that and zil same thing i can zil standing still and yeah i'm i'm kinda lazy <laughs> I'm the lazy man's belly dancer. But instead, so then I, you know, I work harder on moves. I focus on moves. I watch, watch a lot of videos, workshops, other teachers, other dancers. So I, I, I try to make up for it that way. Is this the first workshop that you've taught? It is and it was way bigger than I thought it would be. Uh, last year, this is the second one they've had here in Buffalo, and last year it was a much smaller workshop, first one, but like I said, it was more of a local, like, hey, let's bring in someone, not, I would say regional, but regional as in, like, less than an hour away, regional. Right. And so, and I was here for that one, and uh, was asked, would you like to teach the next one? I said, hey, sure, thinking, you know, laid back, and it was laid back, but, yeah, there was almost 40 people in the class, and, it, it takes a lot of work and you know i kind of knew that in advance but you really really have to sit down and think about what are you going to talk about what order are you going to talk about it are you going to have notes how are you going to write it where anybody can understand what you even wrote on the notes and cuz i've been on the workshop and for so long and um, i kind of knew what they would want but it was much harder to try to provide that yeah. than I, you know
0: yeah, how do you find preparing to teach a workshop different from just preparing to teach a class or a private lesson? Um,
1: well, in a workshop environment it's like teaching a private lesson but to 40 people. So you have to be able to um, talk abstractly for the you know abstract learners who like to just watch and follow along, or you can make funny you know like the music goes da, 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 and people understand that. and then also you 've got the learners who need you to tell you know how many counts, how long do I hold it? Is it on the right side? Is it on the left side? Where are my arms? You know, so you have to be able to not only think about what you're teaching them, but how to explain it in both ways, and that's uh, one-on one it's one person. They're asking, they, they need one sort of information, and that's a lot easier to provide than to 40 different types of people with 40 different types of needs. So.
0: What was the hardest thing for you trying to teach the workshop?
1: Um, I didn't know whether, <laughs> I noticed up there, uh, sometimes I would show the move and then show, do it to the music, and then they would do it with me, or I would do it with the music and then break it down. I didn't exactly know which way to approach that was really tough, and because um, some people would look at me like, I don't know what you're... Can you show me with the music? And then other people, it was kind of reverse. So that was really difficult, and I flip-flopped a lot. And I, I'm sure people who are more experienced with doing these size events or these size classes have a better system. I'm just... I'm crashing and burning at it right now. <laughs> so that that was pretty difficult at how to approach the move. Should I approach it? Because some of the moves I teach are, you know, listen to the music and then do the move. And other ones are like, you're going to do it four times and that's all you need to know. Um, so that did make it pretty
0: difficult to to put my head around. What advice would you give someone who's thinking about, you know, breaking into teaching workshops and Maybe they're, they're teaching regular classes, but they're thinking, you know, I think I'm ready for the next step to take on a workshop.
1: Um, hmm, that's a tough one. It's, it's like trying to cram eight weeks' worth of classes into two hours or like the choreography was in two hours and we did some stuff in the morning, some technique and stuff into two hours. So overall it was four hours. So it's basically taking what you normally spread out and take your time with and you work. And if anyone's having trouble, you spend more time with it. It's not as leisurely. It's like suddenly you're in high school and everything's cool and then now you're in college and you have to read the first eight chapters all by yourself. It's like really fast and really condensed and kind of have to pick and choose your battles. Like do I really want to spend a lot of time going over this move or is it something that they can go home later and work on on their own um so yeah it's it's really a lot of information in a small amount of time and being able to commit that much time and effort into trying to really sit down and go okay how am i going to teach this to 40 people in 15 minutes that kind of thing so um if, if that sounds great <laughs> if you're psyched about that then more power to you if, if you're a little timid about that then maybe maybe start smaller mm-hmm. um like I said, I didn't expect this many people, but, uh, you know, get your foot wet a little bit and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, can you share with us a little bit about your philosophy as far as stage presence goes? Because you, you talked a lot about that in the first hour of the workshop, and I think you had some fabulous things to say.
1: Um, I actually took a workshop with Aziza Saeed. Um, I believe she's out of California, but I saw her in Des Moines and her workshop was actually a lot of lecture a little bit of dance and a lot of lecture and something about you know you can hear the same ethic about dance you know represent the culture represent the art form you know all these different things that you should you know cross your t's dot your I's, do it this way or you know or if you're doing fusion make sure it's you know and she was like you know that's that's true and that's great and that's that's the way to think about it but also if you're not having fun then you're not doing any of it any justice. And I was like, yeah, that, like something about the light bulb clicked. And after that workshop, I started to really relax on stage or relax around other dancers. Because in the beginning, you, you go through, there's chairs clanging. <laughs> you kind of go through the, ooh, belly dance is exciting, and I'm all nervous and excited. And then you go through the, like, I want to look good in my costume, and I want to do well in my class. and I want to, and, and then it's kind of like, I want to do just as good as the dancers who've been around for long. And it's kind of competitive. And then if you get in big towns with lots of different studios and the same kind of thing. So there's a lot of politics going on in the back of your head. And heaven forbid you throw in the whole, you know, I don't feel I'm not tall enough, not fat enough, not skinny enough, not, you know, all that body image stuff that we all have. Um, Once you can be like... Well, forget that. I'm just going to get up there and have fun. I'll practice and I'll work hard. And then when I get up there, if, I'm just going to have fun. doesn't matter if my shoe falls off or, you know, my costume breaks or someone's frowning at me in the audience because this is for me. All this work I put into it is for me, regardless of my goal, regardless if I want to be a belly dance superstar or regardless if I want to be a workshop teacher or never dance in front of anybody except for at workshops. Regardless of your goal, you have to have fun. And I know hundreds of other people who say the same thing, but it's really hard to wrap your brain around it and really believe that. And, um... I don't even remember what your question was
0: anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no, we were just talking about, yeah, stage presence. And one of the things that you said over and over that really clicked with me and that I liked is how you talked to us about how, you know, how you dance at home when you're alone. And it's, it's just nothing but fun, and you're with yourself, and you're, you're just having fun. And you, you emphasized how we need to bring that to the stage. Um, yes, exactly. Um...
1: <laughs> And it is like that, because at home, you seem to have more fun at home or in your class with your buddies. And then when you do get on stage or do get in an audience, whether it's your dance peers or whether it's, you know, Joe Bob off the street who's never seen belly dance ever, and he's going to be like, belly dance, you know, that kind of uh, mindset. But the fun you have at your house, the comfortability, you know, how comfortable you are with yourself at home, That's the same thing on stage. You'll hear dancers say, you know, take this choreography home and make it your own. You know, put your own personality. And and for years I was like, I don't know what that means. Whatever. I'm just going to change this figure eight on the right because I don't like it, you know. (laughs) But being comfortable with yourself and having fun. That's what you got to bring on stage And really believing that Yes, I'm doing this for me And yes, I'm having fun And I don't care if there's someone frowning in the audience And I don't care if my costume That comes with you from home Because at home you don't care You know, you're knocking into furniture And you're dancing in like a two-by-two two square place In your living room Or, you know, making funny faces that, that comfortableness with yourself Now, that doesn't mean you need to come up And stick your tongue out at the audience But that same feeling Needs to translate on stage with you so that's my best. It's stage presence is really hard to, it's very abstract of a concept. Yeah, it really is. And um, there are many dancers with extremely beautiful technique. But they're kind of boring to watch. And it's their stage presence. And you can almost see that in the back of their mind, they're like, I'm thinking right and left. And I'm thinking, you know, where are my customer You know, because they've got all that worry and all that practice that came with them instead of them leaving it at the door when they, when they walk in the room and get on stage. So yeah. that's kind of my best guess so far. Yeah.
0: So, I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. For now, it's time for the question of the week. And this week's question is What do you want from a workshop? If you could go to a workshop, what are the things you want to learn? What are the things you expect? Or what are the things you need? From a workshop. To answer, you can send an email to shimicast@gmail.com or go to our forum board at shimicast.blogspot.com. Finally, it's time for the last music pick of the week. This song is Adiós from Corando's self-titled album, which you can find at magnatune.com I hope you all enjoy, and until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying Shimmy on. Thanks again for listening to Shimmycast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast@gmail.com at and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.